Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I'm so glad that you took the time to join me today. Today's episode is called You Matter. And by the end of this episode, I just hope you believe that. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. I'm gonna use the same um, techniques I always do. I'm gonna give you some quotes. I'm gonna give you some scripture. But really, I just want you to realize how much you mean to God. So let's get started. I had one of my children come up to me the other day and say, can you give me a Bible passage that I can give to someone who says they don't feel that God is with them? And I went into this long kind of conversation about we can't trust our feelings. A lot of times it doesn't feel as if God is with us, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't care. What we have to do in those times of not feeling God is with us is go back to Scripture. What does Scripture say, and how did Jesus act in Scripture? Because those are the things that really point out how God feels about his children and about people in general. So first of all, When you study the life of Jesus, which is such a good thing to do, you see how often he gave time to the people on the fringe of society. So the lepers, who had to keep their distance from everybody else, who were in their own little colony, they couldn't be around people, they had to yell unclean if they neared people. When those lepers came to Jesus, he touched them as he healed them which is something that nobody else would do. Even their own families wouldn't touch them. But Jesus cared that much about them that he touched them. There was the instance when there was the man born blind, and the disciples asked Jesus, was it this man or his parents that sinned that caused this man to be blind? And Jesus corrected them and said, guys, 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 quit blaming. These poor people have been through enough. He said, it was neither of them that sinned. This man's condition was so that the glory of God could be revealed. How about the parable of the prodigal son? There's somebody who really messed up took all of his dad's money that he was supposed to inherit, went and squandered it on parties and wild living and prostitutes until he ended up with nothing. 
And when he comes home, the father is waiting and watching and ready to wrap his arms around him. Now that was a nice parable, but Jesus also put this into practice so that we could see he really meant it. Think about Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. And the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. Not once, three times, at least three times. And not in front of super powerful people, but in front of servant girls. And how did Jesus respond? When we read the account of the resurrection in the four Gospels, we find that Peter was one of the first people that Jesus went to to make sure that Peter knew that he had risen from the dead. And then during those 40 days that he was on earth before rising into heaven, he made sure to reinstate Peter so that Peter knew his ministry days weren't over. He still had a place in the kingdom. He was still valuable to God. What about Thomas? So Jesus had appeared to those disciples that first Sunday that he rose from the dead while they were in the locked upper room. Thomas wasn't there. And when the disciples said, hey, listen, we saw Jesus. He is, he's risen like he said. Thomas said, no way. I don't believe it. In fact, I have to see the holes in his hands and I have to feel where the spear went into his side or I am not going to believe And Jesus came back for Thomas. Jesus knew what Thomas needed and said, that's fine. I get it. I can handle that. Thomas, I'm right here. I don't want you to lose your faith. I know that you've been traumatized by what happened, but I am still Lord and King, and I love you. All throughout scripture, really, we see this this same concept. If there's something that God wanted to make sure that we understood, it is that he loves us. He loved his people of all time. All the people that he appeared to in the Old Testament, he made these promises, I will be with you. He told that to Abraham. He told that to Joshua, to Moses, to Gideon. He never appeared and said, hey, you're kind of so-so. Hopefully you'll earn my love and my trust. No way. He went to people and said, I'm going to use you and I am going to be with you and you don't have to worry about it because I've got your back. In the book of Isaiah, God said this, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And how many of us haven't felt that? Okay, you don't have a great family life. That's not too big for God. He'll meet you there. He'll be the mother, the father that you never had. He'll stay when everybody else walks away, when everybody else is disappointed, when you haven't lived up to expectations. You don't have to worry about him going anywhere. He's there. But what about when we don't feel it? I wish we could ask Joseph how he felt after his brother sold him into slavery. 
He ended up working for Potiphar and it was going so well. He was Potiphar's right-hand man and he was doing a great job. And then Potiphar's wife started hitting on him and she tried to seduce him and it just didn't work. And time after time after time she tried and he resisted until finally she got him alone. She tried to get him to come to bed with her. He wouldn't have any part of it and he ran out of the house leaving his cloak behind She framed him. He was thrown into prison. How low can you feel? How badly did Joseph feel? Like God certainly wasn't in this situation. And yet, you know what scripture tells us? Genesis 39 says, even in prison, God was with Joseph. How about David? You know, David rose to glory pretty quickly. He must not have been all that thought of when he was out in the field and his father didn't even think to bring him in when Samuel was going to anoint the next king of Israel. But after that, he had this rise to fame when he defeated Goliath. And he was taken into the king's court and man, it must have just looked like everything was falling into place. But then Saul decided he really wanted him dead. And Saul was the first king of Israel. And he saw David as a threat. And he decided he was going to kill him. And it wasn't just once. David picked up on it. And finally, David told Saul's um, son, Jonathan, I've got to get out of here, man. Your dad is going to kill me. And Jonathan didn't even believe it. He said, no, this is harmless. You've got it all wrong, David. But then he found out David didn't have it all wrong. And David had to flee for his life. So David, who had been anointed to be the next king of Israel, was running from cave to cave. And he picked up all the disgruntled people along the way. So that he had this army of men who just felt left out by society. Did David feel like God was there? Man, when we read the Psalms, you can hear it in David's voice. Where are you, God? How long must I wait? And it's okay to have those questions. God, are you here? Because I can't feel you. Just as long as we know the answer. The answer is that God is there in the waiting And God is there even when we don't feel him. That is the whole concept of we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk with God knowing God is walking with us even when we can't feel him and when we certainly can't see him in the circumstances around us. Where are you, God? Don't worry, he's there. Look at the account of the disciples in the boat. They were crossing the sea. And the storm came up. And these super experienced professional fishermen were on the boat with Jesus. And they're scared to death. Where was Jesus? Well, they felt like he wasn't there. He was in the boat, but he was sound asleep. And they felt like he had abandoned them. But he was there all along. And the situation was totally within his control. 
all throughout scripture, we see how much God loves us and how valuable we are to God. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? If God cares for the birds, Jesus said, don't you think he cares so much more about you and the circumstances in your life? He most certainly does. I found a quote, it's a meme actually, that um, belonged to the only thing I can uh, attribute it to is the little, uh, at the bottom it said, quite women, CO. So it said, not everyone is going to think you're worth talking to, worth believing in, or worth liking, but Jesus thought you were worth loving, and that's all that matters. Think about that. Jesus left heaven where everything was perfect, where he was glorified, where the angels worshipped him. He became a humble baby. He kept the law perfectly in our place, and then he willingly gave up his life for us. There is no love like that. Okay, so you don't feel like you have friends. Maybe you and your spouse aren't getting along, or maybe you can't get a date to save your life. Jesus loves you. He loved you so much that he died for you. Do you trust him to walk with him at this time in your life? Pray for a friend. If you are really longing for a spouse, pray that God brings the right person into your life. Someone who can help you walk with the Lord and who can do ministry with you. The next quote is from Max Lucado, and it says, God loves you simply because he has chosen to do so. He loves you when you don't feel lovely. He loves you when no one else loves you. Others may abandon you, divorce you, and ignore you, but God will love you always, no matter what. Think of that prodigal. Think of Peter. Think of Thomas. Think of David who committed adultery and murdered. There is nothing you can do, the Apostle Paul tells us, that will separate us from the love that is in Christ. How bad is your bad? Have you lived a wicked life? Mm -hmm. Guess what? So did a lot of people who God ended up using. George Mueller, his life was wicked starting off. How about the Apostle Paul? He was killing Christians. You think you've done some pretty bad things? That doesn't deter God. He can handle it. He's got big shoulders. Nothing can separate you from God's love. You matter. You matter so much to God. And he wants you to know that. And he wants you to give all the guilt, all the shame, all the everything to him and he wants you to know that even if you don't feel it he is there don't worry about feeling that he's with you he's with you even if you don't feel it 
This has been Little Things. Because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Please remember to like and share this message and also to support Time of Grace with your prayers and your financial contributions so we can share this message and others like it with many more people.